on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket, he'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs, stay up, oh my god, oh my god, 30, no way, touchdown, are you kidding me, it's a Minneapolis miracle, all right, all right, all right, we are coming back in for another edition of the Scolders podcast, I'm your host, Ed Bradmerkel, with me as always, my compatriot, my partner in crime, Mike Anderson. How you doing tonight, Mike? Doing well. Nice little victory Monday. Victory Monday, snatching victory from the jaws of statistical defeat. Uh, first time in a hundred games that that a team losing by twenty at halftime has come back to win it. Um, fantastical victory, but uh, you know, as we say, Mike. We can't get into that right now. We got to talk about around the week. We got to talk about the North Face first. We'll get into that in a second. Um, both the uh, both sides of that game because it was truly, truly two full separate sides of a coin. Um, but I digress. Let's get into first around the league. Starting off with Thursday night football, kind of a milk toast game. Um, Cleveland Brown ended up Cleveland Browns ended up winning twenty one to seven. Of course, that's not the story of this game. So this game is. Uh, the last eight seconds of the game, um, and the whole Mason Rudolph, Miles Garrett uh, fiasco, really. Yeah. Uh, I don't, God, I don't really know where you go with this. I think I don't think there's an innocent party in this, but Miles Garrett, you can't do that, man. You just can't. Um, I'm not absolving anyone of blame, but that that was taken to a level that I don't think anyone expected to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the first time in a while we've had something like that on the field. Obviously, you've got uh, Gronkowski, um, I think, you know, one of the more recent incidents where he kind of sucker punches. Um, I, I believe it was Tredavious White that he came up behind and uh, kind of jumped down on hitting the back of the helmet. Obviously, you've had many off-the-field transgressions that have happened here, you know, yearly, whether that be uh, the the likes of Tyree Kill or, or others, but... Um, I think this this kind of was a, a I don't know we haven't really seen something to this level uh, in quite a while right. and you know I think for me you know it, it's obviously a hot button topic right you know you have people on both sides of the <coughs> coin I think for me um, absolutely Miles Garrett you know went too far you can't swing a helmet at someone um, I do think there were certainly people that maybe overreacted to a point. Um, you know, for me, it comes back to you still look at hockey players that go out and, and, uh, you know, these things happen, you know, to this level, they're allowed to go on the ice. They go into a box for five minutes. They come back out. There's no suspensions. Um, well, I mean, the the one thing I'll I'll inject there is, I mean, in that case, their helmets are off, their gloves are off. If anything is just a weapon, they're they're intermediate, they're immediately intervened with. Right. So like, that's, that's an accepted part of what's going on there. And there's a code there. Like, I understand, like, fighting is a part of the NFL, but you can't use your equipment like that. And I don't think that's ever happened to this effect in, in like, a hockey game before. Well, and if it has, it's been a massive suspension like but, this one But has. you look at, you look at, you got guys that have a hockey stick that do the cross-checking and, and um, you know, have used the stick to varying degrees as, as almost a weapon. And, again, I'm not trying to excuse what right. Miles Garrett did here. Um I just think that, A, Rudolph uh, should have gotten probably 
uh, certainly some level of suspension. I think uh, the media did a poor job initially at displaying what he did, you know, at the beginning, trying to clearly rip uh, Miles Garrett's helmet off, I think. Um, he was definitely an instigator and initiator. I don't think if he does that, we're talking about this incident. So um, to me, I think the, the NFL really had a big miss there. Uh, personally, I think Pouncey's suspension was, was longer than it should have been. You know, he's coming to the fence. He sees him swing a helmet and hit his quarterback square in the head. Um, you know, I, I understand you maybe got to give him a game, and maybe that'll get reduced down from the three. Right. Uh, and then you give one to the guy that comes in and cheap shots again. Uh, Rudolph at the very end pushes him down. Uh, That's where I think a guy should get more of that, you know, more than one game because it's like, yeah, well, he didn't really, you know, injure him or anything. It probably wasn't a super, you know, risk for uh, Mason Rudolph to get hurt there. He did get pushed right into a lineman's lower legs. Um, and it's just like the, the fact that you run in, give that little cheap shot. I don't know. I, I hate that kind of play. I feel like you could have set a precedent there and given that guy more than one game. So overall, I think the NFL kind of missed the mark, in my opinion, on just who got suspended and for how many games. Uh, But, man, it's been the talker the entire week here. And and for me, it's like, okay, the Miles Garrett suspension, I think that one is accurate. I think it it should be an indefinite suspension. I think he should have some steps to figure this out because clearly if you lose that level of control, that level of composure to that extent – you need to have something, um, some intervention, some steps you need to take to actually be, not get to that level again. Um, I think, like we, like we both agree, Mason Rudolph should have been suspended at some level. Uh, <clears throat> for me, though, the the real star of this issue is why did they make them line up and play another snap when there's like four seconds left? Yeah. Like, why why can't we just put that in the rule books where if both head coaches agree that the game should be ended, that we just end the game? I. It, that was just the stupidest thing to me. It, it's very similar to like the Minneapolis Miracle where they had to line up and, and try the extra point. It's like, it's this pointless. The game's over, we're conceding it, we're kneeling down, this is over. What the hell do we need to do this for? Well, and, and I mean, I think you can you can use that the same way where when a team's down by, you know, 27 with a minute 30 to go or something like that, or even, even 55 seconds to go, and, you know, you're still out there running plays, I... I would agree. I think a rule like that where, you know, essentially you call it a super knee or something and the game can, you know, officially be ended or the referees have control to end the game. Um, You know, I I agree that something like that would probably be useful. But um, as far as the Garrett suspension, I agree. I think the remainder of the season was appropriate. Um, I know it's indefinite. Uh, It sounded like that's actually potentially a violation of the CBA because of it. It's an on-field act. Um, which apparently requires a, a, a finite amount from a suspension. So it sounds like during the appeal process, he might get, um, you know, hey, it's six games, it's eight games, it's whatever. But um, sure. I, I think Garrett is probably uh, extremely upset and disappointed in himself, uh, a young superstar in the league that a lot of fans look up to. Um, I think he just got caught in a moment, uh, was extremely frustrated that his helmet was, you know, attempted pulled off. But at the same time, you have to identify the situation. You have to know, and under no circumstances can you, you know, swing that helmet as a weapon. Um, so it, it's unfortunate. You know, it's it looks bad for the NFL and and certainly one of their young stud players. And and I think even though Cleveland won that football game, uh, you know, it's it just contributes to really a, ultimately a lost season for that team. Yeah, um, I mean, even they won that game. It, it seems like it. 
just their their talent level on defense is going to go way down because of this, especially over the next several games. Um, I don't know if one of the other cheap shots got a suspension, but it probably should have. So I don't know. We're, we're just going to see how that goes. Um, the Cleveland Browns debacle. That's that's a whole topic for several podcasts. That's uh, we won't open that can of worms, but. Rolling on to some other AFC teams that uh, are actually very exciting here. Ravens absolutely destroyed Houston. Like, I thought this game was actually going to be a little bit close, but the Ravens are just a steamrolling juggernaut. And, man, I don't know who can slow them down. Yeah, they're on a roll, right? They're they're playing some really good football. I think I was just going to look that up. I know I made a comment. It was towards the end of the first quarter, and I believe that game was 0-0. if it wasn't at the end of one, yeah, at the end of one, zero zero. So um, Baltimore really poured it on, kind of in the the second half, putting up twenty seven points. Houston just couldn't get it going. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson having one of his worst games, certainly in a big time moment, uh, was really underwhelming for a lot of NFL fans, right? You know, uh, I think that that game maybe should have been flexed to more of a prime time game. Although in hindsight, at forty one to seven, maybe not. Yeah, maybe um, not. But you know, I, I think yeah. Back to your point, eight and two, the Ravens, a team that um, I can't remember if I picked them to win that division. Certainly, I think we both had them in the playoffs. And uh, at this point, I think you got to put them right up there with the Patriots, right? I think they have surpassed uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs and the trouble that they've had, um, albeit they still managed to get a win with Matt Moore against the Vikings. But um, we digress. Know, I think that uh, Baltimore is certainly one of the top two teams in the AFC. And, um, you know, at this point, if you wanna, if you wanna call him the front runner, I'm, I'm not necessarily gonna argue with you. I mean, I, I think everything they're doing right now, they have to be. Um, they're, they're cruising right now. They're cruising their way to a buy, and I don't think anything's gonna stop them from that. So, it, it, uh, the AFC is gonna run through New England. It's gonna run through Baltimore. That's just how it is. And honestly, I, I don't see, I don't see someone in the AFC right now that can stop them. Maybe New England if they get if they meet up again the second time is a charm for them, but God, they just they look so good and they're putting away good opponents um, in very convincing fashion. Yeah, and then you get you know you get um, Mark Andrews the tight end that's really emerged this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got Hollywood Brown that's that's had some big catches. Mark Ingram is is fit in perfectly, which we kind of thought he would. Uh, and then, you know, you look at even RG3 is getting um, getting some decent run over on that team. I think I saw this week, uh, I should verify, but I thought, he saw, I thought I saw he had like five catches this week. Wait, RG3 we're talking about. Yeah, I might be crazy, but uh, we, can, we, can, we can verify here and pull this up. But I think like he's getting used more than you would think. Okay, Robert Griffin three. He had one rush for negative one yards. He had two passes for fifteen yards, and uh, none receiving as of right now. No, maybe it was five. Uh, he's getting interesting. He's getting some run though, right? A guy that probably a lot of people thought might not even be in the league. Um, you know, getting a little little bit involved out there, and uh, yeah, they're having some fun. They're winning the coach. Um, I think a lot of people, obviously with Harbaugh, uh, like him or love him, but you know they're doing some some things right. They do have a couple of tough tests coming up. Uh, you know, I think they've got San Francisco and and some other games like that. So 
Uh, we'll see how they do down the stretch, just like the rest of these contenders. But, um, you know, I would say if I was doing a power rankings right now, uh, they're probably number one. Just, you know, if you base that off what's going on right at the moment, uh, I think you can make an argument they're the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, the second look at their their schedule here going to the, the stretch. Um, they play the Rams, San Francisco at home. Uh, they play Buffalo. Jets at home, they play Cleveland, and they play Pittsburgh. So, I mean, there's two quality opponents in there, maybe three if you consider the Rams. It's still kind of fringe, but, I mean, they have a, a, a decent slate for the rest of their games to, to make a run at this and possibly end 14-2. to two. I mean, I, I'm not going to put it past them at all. So. Right. How the heck in, in the beginning of this year you lose to, who they lose to? Uh, they lost to Kansas City and they lost to Cleveland. How the hell they did that, I have no idea. But anyway, that's a different podcast, Mike. Yep. Falcons. What is going on with the Falcons, Mike? Well, uh, they're finally playing like a lot of people, including many of the beat writers down in Atlanta, uh, thought they would this entire year. So the defense has really come to play. And, you know, I don't know what got said if. If they knew that uh, Dan Quinn down there, I believe, um, you know, I don't know if he's they they knew that his job's on the line, or I'm not sure what went what went on, but uh, a couple of impressive efforts here. Uh, I think they had like four interceptions, five sacks on Kyle Allen. So, um, you know, as we've seen, you look at San Francisco two years ago. Uh, I think they were what 0 and nine. Something like that, 0-9, 10 end up winning six in a row. Uh, all of a sudden you have a great offseason and, and you have um, mm-hmm. a lot of high expectations going in. So, uh, you know, you can really turn kind of, you know, turn the expectations around for the future uh, just by finishing a season strong. So I think that, you know, maybe you're starting to see the beginning of that in Atlanta. You know, granted it's been two weeks, so we don't want to crown them yet. But um, I think... Well, I mean... Three weeks ago, Seattle 27, Atlanta 20. I mean, they didn't play bad there. No, and, and I think that right now, right, if, if you're the Saints or some of these teams, obviously Saints just, just lost to them here, you know, two weeks ago, but your, your teams like that that are maybe had already, uh, you know, put that W um, down and just assumed you're going to beat an Atlanta team that, you know, is already planning their golf trips, uh, all of a sudden you got to relook at that game and, and – uh, you know, it, it looks like a different football team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Dan Quinn is saving his job right now, I think. Yeah. Um, they close it this year. Like you said, they close it this year good. They make some good offseason acquisitions. Who knows what can be next year. But as far as this this year goes, they're 3-7. and seven. I don't think that they're going to overcome uh, the odds to make it to the playoffs. I think no. they're just way too far gone. I, I don't think... Ten and six. There might be a ten and six team or two that don't make the playoffs in right. the NFC right now, just right. based on on what we're looking at. Um, but yeah, Falcons playing good. Um, this is what we expected, but a little, a little too late for them. How about the Raiders, huh? Yeah. The Raiders. I... The Raiders, Mike. Good for them. You know, getting it done. Uh, Granted, you only win by seven against the winless Bengals team, but um, a win is a Wins win. Win's a win, baby. A win is a win. They're six and four. Uh, you know they're in a good spot. It looks like to 
uh, potentially make the playoffs in the AFC and, and get some uh, good experience at a minimum. And you never know. Obviously, we've seen it before. All you need is a chip and a chair, and, and if they can get in the dance, you never know what can happen. Get hot at the right time, and uh, who knows what can happen. They're definitely making a push on it. Uh, we won't get into this now, but AFC South is still tight, so AFC playoffs are going to come down to the wire. It's going to be a fun one to watch. If you're a fan just in general football, uh, just, just wait for the AFC because it, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yep. Um, any else around the way before we get to the North Face? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it was a pretty, uh, pretty typical week. Obviously, the Rams edge out. Well, we're about to touch on that. So yeah, no, I think we're good. So that's good. All right, the North Face, Mikey. Uh, Green Bay's on by. They play San Francisco next week, I believe, on Sunday Night Football. Um, yep, got flexed. So every single Viking right now, every single Viking and Viking fan. Should be the biggest San Francisco fans right now, because yep. we need them to take that game off them, so we have a chance at the division and uh, make it run through Minnesota. Yep. But uh, they're on by. There's not much else to say there, so we'll move on. Detroit gives Dallas all they can handle. This game was back and forth for the most part. Uh, 35-27 in the final. Dallas winning, but. Um, I don't know, man. This this is exactly what we expected to see out of Detroit. Maybe with a little different result this year, but um, they're fighting teams hard, even you know, even though they seem to be resigning the season at this point. But um, they're fighting teams hard still. So I guess that's a point to coaching. Yeah, I mean, they still, uh, you know, like sixty-two thousand people uh, at home for this game. Um, obviously, a lot on the line. I think. You know they had a chance to move to four, five, and one, which you know gives you that puncher's chance for the wild card. Uh, much like Atlanta, I think they're probably too far out of the race now. But um, yep. you know they've lost a couple of close games. One game they lose to the officials, uh, literally, and you know that that's a huge game. Uh, also for the Vikings, you know that that's still a really unfortunate outcome. But uh, then you look at Dallas, a six-point game going into the fourth quarter against a good Dallas team. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, I think Detroit, again, as we mentioned, I think two podcasts ago, you know, they were moving in the right direction. Question a couple of the moves that they made um, after losing to, I believe, Minnesota or going into that game. But it seems like they're, they're starting to get some of the pieces in place here. And if they can be healthy next year, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a team that I think, you know, this this isn't a, a multi-year turnaround. I think that you can talk about a playoff team next year um, with just a couple more changes. A couple more uh, additions slash subtractions in free agency. Put together a nice little draft. I, I think you're going to be right on your way, like you said, to, to making that playoff push. Maybe not the division yet because it's still, I mean, Minnesota's still good, Green Bay's still good, so that's going to be a fight. But in that playoff conversation, definitely, I think it is extremely possible for D- uh, Detroit Uh in the, in the sooner future. So if you're a Detroit fan out there, just stick with it. They're trying to change the culture. They're trying to get there. Just stick with it, man. I, I guarantee you it'll pay off once you get there. Um, Chicago, though. Chicago versus Rams. Like, I don't know what it is about these two teams matching up. Last year the game was incredibly boring. This game was also incredibly boring. Um, and they showed, like, they... they they pulled Mitch Trubisky. He had an injury. I don't really understand. 
didn't really seem like he was injured, so I don't know what was going on there. I, I don't know, but Trubisky is not the answer. No. Uh, no, and this was an ugly game. You know, I think it finished, what, 17-7, and that was yep. a late touchdown by the Rams. Uh, so close game. Yeah, Trubisky gets pulled for, for Chase Daniel late. Obviously a, a quarterback that, once again, was good enough to beat Minnesota, but uh, um, I, I think that's probably the nail in the coffin for the Bears. And it would have been interesting if, if Chicago could have managed to pull this one out because all of a sudden you, you put the Rams at five losses. And a team that you know went to the Super Bowl last year was damn close to winning it. Uh, all of a sudden with five losses in the NFC, you know, you're behind the pack quite a ways there for, for looking at a playoff berth, uh, right. especially with Seattle and San Francisco in that division. So, um, you know, big win for the Rams. I think the Rams still have a, a few tough games ahead. So, uh, you know, we'll see if they can make a run and, and try to fight their way into the playoffs. But, I mean, right now it, it, it certainly looks like the NFC is pretty much set. Yeah, I mean, you look around the NFC, you got – San Francisco nine and one, New Orleans Saints eight and two, Green Bay eight and two, um, Minnesota eight and three, Seattle eight and two. It's it's a whole bunch of eight eight and nine win teams. Then you got whoever is going to represent the NFC East. We're not going to get a second playoff group from there. So the Rams even right now they have to make up a two game deficit, and they play. I think they play Seattle San Francisco at least once a piece right in the end of their their season here. So. They got a long ways to climb to even get relevancy in here. Now, if they get hot, they go on a streak. They take a game from each of those guys. Maybe we're talking, but that's that's a far cry from where they want to be right now. They just got to get their heads down and just start winning. <coughs> that's about all they can do right now. Is just put your heads down and start grinding on some wins. Yep. Agreed. Um, that's really it for the North Face. I mean. Kind of sucks when we can't rag on Green Bay because they haven't played. But uh, you know, it, it's it's on the Vikings. It's on to Denver. And uh, yeah, this game, man. Wow. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say about the start of this game. Like, this had very, very heavy feelings of Buffalo and uh, to some degree even Philadelphia in 2017. It just nothing was going our way in the first half. You couldn't buy a break. It was just... I, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just completely deflating as a fan, just watching that. Yeah, I mean, they couldn't move the ball. Um, you know, I think it took forever to get that first first down, which I believe was the pass to... I think we had like a six, seven-yard pass over the middle to Irv, um, or maybe it was Kyle, one of the tight ends, to get that first down. Um, but, yeah, it's just... You know, we had a couple times where you feel like you're getting momentum and then uh, Cousins gets sacked, fumbles the ball. Um, we fumble, you know, we, we fumble the, the return. It's like they just couldn't, nothing seemed like it was going to work. Um, but all the while, it just felt like Denver, you know, their offense wasn't really going to continue to put up points. I, I think... You know, they, they used a little bit of trickery. Sutton had a couple of really nice plays. They were able to get some, some chunk yardage at times. Um, but the defense was right there on a couple of those plays. And, and I don't know. For me, I get where you're coming from, from Buffalo. But I, I just, it was a little bit different feeling then. It still, to me, felt like 
um, almost the gopher game the day before where like it just they were going to make a run and get back and, and get this to, you know, a manageable chance, a fighting chance to, to tie it up. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, teams were uh, 0-99 over the last five years when, when trailing by 20 going into the second half. Uh, so first time here in a, in a while that a team has come back. But, um, you know, the well, second half was a different story. I mean, not only that, but come back against the fourth ranked defense. I mean, that's, that is a tall order and there was no margin for error in this thing. I mean, every single one of the four possessions we had in the second half had to end in a touchdown for us to get there. Right. And I mean, that happened and that's, that's insane, especially against the fourth ranked defense in the NFL. Like that's improbable in and of itself. And then to hold them to only three points, we'll get into the defense later, but that's just crazy. Uh, but I want to, I want to break down the first half a little bit more because I have a huge issue with the play calling going on um, in the last several weeks here. It's it's super conservative, and I don't understand why. I mean, it's second and 20, and you call a run between the tackles. What are we doing? Why are you making that play call? That is the most ridiculous play call I have ever seen. That's like a children's era play call. Yeah. No. And I... then it's third and 19, and you call a screen to your third running back, your third string running back. What in the hell are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I that that part I get the frustration, right? That's where you're right. That is Childress era. Um, you know, that's Cousins against Chicago. That's it just even then we also had uh, where we had the free play, right? And he threw the check down um, as opposed to taking a shot. You know. And, okay. And, well. I, I don't I didn't see the all twenty two on that play, but if we didn't have any deep routes called, I can understand that. Sometimes you don't have deep routes called, so it's just not there. But there's got to be some. There's got to be someone further than a check down. Agree, agree, agree. I mean, I, I understand that, and that's something I think Kirk needs to work on because that's not the first time we've seen it this year. Um, so I'll, I'll give you half the point on that because for me, it's like. I, I'm willing to give him a slight pass on that based on what we had called, but I think you're right. There's probably definitely a deeper route that was called that was available. So, um, and then Delvin Cook basically invisible throughout most of the game, really. Yeah. But especially in the first half. Yeah, he struggled to get it going. Um, a lot of one yard runs, you know, just or zero yard runs, just couldn't couldn't get it going. Um, you know, we had a couple. line couldn't get a push. Yeah, we had a couple there through the middle. Um, I believe uh, one was Dalvin, I think, but you know, a couple that went for the eight to ten. Uh, but then yeah, one went, of those was Madison for sure. Yeah. Yeah, then he went right back to it, um, and they were determined. You know, they were determined to try, but uh, just just couldn't get it going. And uh, you know, I think that's where you and and certainly a lot of the fan base. We've seen this in the past, right? We talked about it last podcast. When we get up against a, a really dominant defensive front like Chicago, like uh, like Denver, it just it seems like it doesn't matter. I joked with you know the the climbing the pocket guys that I think I could be the quarterback for teams with a defense like that, and I, we would still the Vikings would go zero and sixteen because it, it doesn't. They're not going to score points. They just can't get it going. They continue to right. run into a brick wall. And it's the definition of insanity. They just they think something's going to change, and it never does. So, 
Um, it was nice to see him break out of that mold. Uh, personally, and again, I haven't watched the uh, the All-22 either, but I felt like Diggs was open a lot again. It sounds like he had a few frustrations on the sidelines, so um, I have a sneaky feeling he probably was open. Obviously, they, they started to throw to him at the end. He ends up with a really nice game, but... Um, yeah, it was borderline. Like, okay, is, are we going back to this cousins and this this you know this old the old ways, or are you going to break free and you going to do your thing? Yeah, just forcing it for the sake of of being balanced, or just trying to to run the ball for some semblance of this is what Zimmer wants to do is it's just not right in some scenarios. Like like you pointed out, it's just sometimes it doesn't work. It's not going to work until you start setting it up with passing. Because they're forced, they're, they're focusing on, on stopping that part of your game. So you have to force them to open it up. You have to force them to respect the passing game. Um, now, luckily in the second half here, which we'll get in here in a second, um, they challenged Kirk Cousins to beat them. And guess what? Kirk Cousins beat them. But before we get into the second half, let's take a quick break and we'll be back. All right. And we're back talking about the second half of the Denver game. The one game that you can actually write home about, Mike. Because uh, the first half, I don't. I think you want to burn that tape, that first half tape. You, you just burn it. It doesn't matter. Second half, we come out, come out on fire. Tight ends just feasting. I think in that entire whole drive, ended with a uh, Irv Smith's first touchdown. I believe that's correct, right? The first, uh, the first drive of that second half. Um, so great to see those tight ends get involved. I think Irv Smith was just a great draft choice for us. Opening up a lot of things in the passing game um, from that tight end spot, and I mean, I, I don't know what to say, but it's just—it's great to see those tight ends getting involved, and great to see this kind of Rudy Renaissance we've been seeing this last couple weeks too. Yeah, uh, again, last week I think they ended up with what nine, ten, eleven, somewhere in there catches. Uh, this week they had eight catches on eight targets, uh, so you know, really had a nice game. Uh, of course, the Rudolph touchdown there. I think you nailed it. Irv Smith Jr. Uh, looks like he could be a star in the making. He's been a huge help with Thielen out. And I, I hope that it, it sounds like uh, today that Cousins basically said, listen, Thielen's going to be back for the Seattle game, uh, which I think we expected, right? Let's hope that yep. uh, he's a full go there. But, uh, you know, hopefully they still find ways to get Irv Smith involved because I think he's, he's just so incredibly athletic. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of proven himself that you can trust him, uh, making some of these big catches again, we, we were dead on, on this Irv Smith. Uh, if you go back and listen to the, the preseason, uh, you know, kind of projection of the season podcast, we basically said he's probably not going to put up huge numbers over the course of the season, but we thought he was going to have some really big catches, uh, throughout the season. And I think that's exactly what he's doing. Uh, instilling well, he, a lot he, had, of he had a couple in this game. He had a couple in this game where he's a third, third down pickups, like third down and fourteen, and he's picking up seventeen. Yeah, like yep. Uh, you can't ask for much more than that. I mean, moving the chains, catching touchdowns. I mean, blocking well when the run game is working. He's doing it all. Yeah. Well, and and I mean, look, uh, Tyler Conklin. You know, while we're on tight ends, oh, he, yeah. he had a, a big catch. I uh, actually had a couple, two for twenty-eight. It looks like so. That's that's why the point is tight ends feast because this was a, this was just a tight end show for a while here. Yeah, um, but it, you know it's good. I think you again you get a, a lot of attention goes to Diggs, uh, Cook, Thielen when he's healthy. So um, these guys look at BC Johnson nine targets. Um, these are the guys. Holy crap! Yeah, these. 
these are the guys that um, you know ultimately are, are really going to help us win games down the stretch because while the defense is focusing in on, on some of these superstars, Cousins is now starting to look at these other reads, trusting these other players, and a lot of times they're wide open. Uh, and you know what? If, if he's got the faith, they're going to make the catches. Um, they certainly have been. That's good enough for me, and, and um, it's been a fun ride. Let's We just got to avoid that whole whatever the hell the first half was. Let's hope that was the last first half like that for the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that again because that was bad. Yeah. Um, I think Diggs had, had one – one great catch in that in that first half that was called back in penalty. Yeah. Um, but it seemed like every big catch Diggs had, he was beating like double, triple coverage. So even when they're trying to take away Diggs, they're not successful because <laughs> he is just that damn good, that that great of a route runner, and that speedy that he can just break through them. Right. Um, so yeah, phenomenal day for Diggs. He even got the call from Dion. So even though I think technically Kirk probably should have got the call, but <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Yeah, what do you do? Um, but rolling right into Kirk, Kirk absolutely crushed it in the second half. I don't think you can ask for a better performance out of the quarterback in the second half to flip that switch, go up tempo, get that team moving quick on the line, getting the play calls out there, executing what he needed to execute, picking up the third and the fourth downs, keep the chains moving exactly when he needed to. There was no margin for error here, and Kirk Cousins didn't make any errors in that second half. Yeah, I mean he played, he basically played a perfect half. Um, you know, the, I mean, the stats speak for themselves overall, 29 for 35 for 319 and three, um, you know, just, he played a perfect half and, uh, you're, you needed him to do that, to win that football game. And he's starting to cross some of these things off the list, right? Um, you've, you've got all these complaints that, that still come up and, you know, the primetime game, the, the winning team on the road, uh, come back against the tough defense, you know, he's starting to do some of these things that we didn't think, um, not necessarily we, but a lot of people, especially nationally, always knocked him for. And he's, he's, he's checking it off the list, and, and I love it. Uh, he's just, he's driven. Uh, it seems like ever since the whole, you know, Diggs fiasco, he's been a different football player. Um, you know, someone from our network tweeted out, I think his last six games or so, 18 touchdowns, one interception. He was basically behind uh, Russ in a couple of the the major QB, um, you know, statistical pieces that that go into the MVP voting. Just he's he's been lights out, and you love it. You're gonna you're gonna need him uh, again, as we've mentioned many times here. At least me personally, I think they're gonna have to be basically perfect here if they want to secure uh, not only the NFC North but a first round bye. Uh, it's going to take Cousins to continue to play this way uh, against, you know, Seattle, Green Bay, those sorts of teams. So uh, couldn't be happier for the guy. Saw a couple videos on, uh, you know, like the Good Morning Football crew. Uh, Schrager, you know, was like, yeah, you know, all right, I'm starting to buy in. Mentioned him for the MVP talk. Um, you're starting to see the buy-in more and more. And I know that doesn't necessarily matter, right? But it's still fun um, just to kind of, you know, have the buy-in throughout the country, and, and uh, it's been fun. It's fun. I'm excited for, for Seattle uh, and a hell of a game by Cousins. When you talked a little bit about playoffs, and, and to me this game I think was winning this game in this fashion is more encouraging for a playoff team than if we would have just absolutely won this game from the, the word go. I agree. And the reason why I said it, because you come back from a 20-point deficit at the half, 
and you win in this fashion against a very good defense that's that's taken away arguably your best weapon on offense, and you're without one of your your tied for second best weapon on offense with Thielen being out, and you still manage to march on the field four times and and take control of this game. And then your defense steps up and everything is completely solidified when you absolutely need it in the second half. That is a resilient team. And in the playoffs, you're going to need that kind of resiliency um, in some of these games because this is a very, very good conference this year. There are a lot of good teams that are going to give you fits and are going to try to take away your stuff and are going to be successful in taking away the Dalvins of the world or they're going to take away the Thielens of the world. So being able to put together that win in a different fashion than you're used to, you cannot say more to what this team is capable of now. I, I think with with seeing this win, this team is capable of going toe-to-toe with any team in the NFL. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, most of us felt that way going in, but I think this did two things, right? One, it proves that you can beat a really good defense. Now, we talked about the fact that, you you know, you've got San Francisco – um, but you, you're not necessarily going to get the, it doesn't look like Chicago is going to be in the Denver is not going to be in. Um, it, it doesn't look like maybe you're going to get matched up in the playoffs against an elite defense, um, right. that cousins has struggled with. But, uh, the fact that you're able to come back and win a game against the defense of that caliber, I think you nailed it. He just instilled faith in his players, his coaches, uh, the fan base that we're not out of a football game, even down you know, 14 with, you know, maybe a quarter and a half to go. You know, it, it, we're never going to be out of it with this offense. Um, I think, you know, what I would like to see is, is, again, I don't know if it's Zimmer. I don't know if it was a combination of uh, Cousins, Zimmer, and, and running X amount of plays because they, that's the way they had grown up. Um, but, again, why weren't we going to uh, some of these tight ends? Why weren't we going to – Digs. Why aren't we going to more of a hurry-up offense? Um, right. You know, why can't they identify these things a little bit sooner? Uh, maybe that's the next step. Uh, yeah. Why, why can't we make halftime adjustments at end of the first quarter? Right. Yeah. And you know, I th- they're going to work on that, right? And we get two weeks. Um, but you know, really back to your last point, uh, it was interesting. Tony Gonzalez was. Um, Right as they went into the game, Tony Gonzalez uh, and and Terry Bradshaw they were going through the picks, and Terry said, "You know, I'm I'm taking the Niners. Uh, I think they're the most complete team in the NFL. Uh, whatever, whatever." And you know, don't you guys agree with me? And and they were all kind of you know in agreement. And and Tony said, "Well, he goes, I'll, I'll say that they're right up there." He said, "But I, I think the Minnesota Vikings, you know, might have something to say about that." You know, and and I think I agree. We're seeing it now, week in week out that this is the most complete team offensively and defensively. I'm not saying they're perfect on both sides of the ball. I think we've seen errors, uh, you know, on both sides. But we've also seen when they come together and and can play a nice, clean game, they're very difficult to beat, especially at home. So um, really exciting. I know we're going to have a lot of fun coming into this uh, Seattle game. But, man, the offense is playing, uh, playing the way they need to right now. At least in the second yeah. half. <laughs> I think we just got to figure out the play calling on offense, stay more aggressive. I mean, it's, we shouldn't be playing not to lose. We should be playing to win. Like, yeah. just get points on the board. Just get Cousins in the rhythm. Just get the passing game going. And I think everything goes through that. Um, but it's enough about offense, Mike. I want to talk about the horrible special teams day that we had. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
So, everything but the kicking was absolute trash. Right. I, I don't think there's any other way to put it. Yeah, two muff punts by Mike Hughes. Now I threw out there, are you entertaining throwing and bringing back Cheryl's? Um, probably not at this point, to be honest with you, but you got to figure that out. You cannot have those kind of errors, especially in a game like this. Right. The, those those could have been potentially game-breaking errors. If it wasn't for a Sandejo interception, this game could have easily been 27-0. to zero Yeah, that. and I, I don't know. Again, we've talked about this before. I don't know what you do, right, because you can't – you can't necessarily put a Thielen out there and say, listen, we don't care. All you're going to do is catch the ball. You know, you're fair catching every single punt, and we're just going to forego the, the you know, punt returns or kick returns. Um, so you're kind of stuck with some of the options that we've been using, but, you know, we're seeing it time and time again. We had, what, four fumbles? I think they lost two of them. Uh, yep. You know, man, they got to hang on to that football. And turnovers are, are so critical in the NFL and you see it they're even more so in the playoffs so uh, they got to figure something out I don't know I saw that rumor as well that you know maybe you do bring Cheryl's back just because then you've got the peace of mind there um, I don't I don't really have an answer in that I think let's see how things shake out over this bye week um, clearly it's going to be something they're going to focus on and think through uh, and, and I'm very curious at, you know, what it'll look like when, when we're in a prime time in the big lights at Seattle, who's going to be trotting out there uh, to catch that punt. One thing I will say about kickoff returns, when you're down by three-plus scores, okay, there is absolutely zero reason in my mind, unless you have an elite returner like a Cordero Patterson or a Percy Harvin, that you are ever bringing that ball out of the end zone. Period. You're behind by that much. Yards matter, all right? Put it at the 25. You know it's a static starting spot. you got to drive 75 yards. A lot of these times, if you don't have an elite returner, you're not making it back to the 25. You're making it to the 15 or the 20. And then you're opening yourself up to the chance of what Abdullah did and fumbled the damn ball. Do not do that. If it's going in the end zone, let it go. If you're down by that much, let it go. I don't care what kind of spark you think you're going to get. It's too big of a risk. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you're right. I think you hit on it, right? The, the the devil's advocate is that you haven't been able to do anything. You're running these one-yard, negative-yard runs. Uh, you can't get time to pass. You're looking for some sort of spark, a, a 35, a, a 45, a you know 65-yard run that all of a sudden is going to amp the team up. Um, I think I tend to agree with you. Certainly the way that this team has been unable to hang on to the football. Uh, I know for me, it's very nerve-wracking anytime that we're receiving a punt or a kickoff. I'm always just, there's an exhale when they're down and the ball is still in their hands. So um, I, I can see both sides. Uh, you know, I tend to agree with you, but, you know, Devil's Advocate says they're, they're looking for a spark and, I don't know, Zim's old school on some of that stuff. Well, you would think the old school conservatism would would make him more just let it go out back of the end zone and we'll take it from the twenty five. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's just a philosophy difference for me. It's like you don't want any negative play there in a sea of negative plays that you had. Yeah, I just I don't like it. But we digress. Special teams, we ain't gonna get any farther than that. Defense, 
Man, we were just gashed by Sutton. Damn, that kid's good. Yeah. I made the comment uh, with the the guys I was watching the game with that I think I'm going to own him in basically every fantasy league next year. Um, just a big, fast receiver. You, you saw the ball skills. Uh, I will say, you know, I don't know what the analytics say if, you know, luck is a part of it, but some of the catches he makes, it's like our defenders are right there with hands. The window is insanely tight, and somehow the ball gets through and he manages to hang on. You know, is that something that is eventually going to bounce our way and those are interceptions or they're knocked down for an entire game? Um, I don't know, but I think Sutton is going to be a special player. I think Denver has got a good one there uh, for sure. We saw him run against us, pass against us. Hell of a throw he made. Um, and, and obviously, you know, have some receptions as well. So, uh, I don't know. Rhodes didn't have an answer. And once again, it it seems like, uh, even the broadcast was talking about how, uh, Denver mentioned that if they could get Sutton against Rhodes, that's a matchup that they liked and looked to exploit. So, you know, I, I think we're, it's not even a conversation anymore, right? I think Rhodes is, um, you know, potentially a liability against certain matchups, and and hopefully uh, the Vikings can can figure out a way to kind of improve this pass coverage over the next, um, you know, fourteen days off. Yeah, I haven't really enjoyed what we've been doing coverage wise this entire season. So um, we're gonna we're about to get into a playoff push here that's gonna feature some pretty prominent quarterbacks and some pretty prominent wide receivers um, that can wreck a game if you let them. So, like I said, we got to figure something out. We have 14 days to figure that out. Um, I don't care what the answer is. Just get me an answer that works. Um, that's that's about all I care about. Um, speaking of that, though, Zimmer, like, I don't understand. It's a backup quarterback. It's a young quarterback. Why aren't you calling more blitzes to get after him? You can get him off his spot. Like, we haven't done this at all with any backup we face. I don't understand it. They're backup quarterbacks for a reason. You can get them off their spot. You can disrupt their rhythm. But yet, we're not doing it. Like, give up the passes and just blitz, 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 blitz. Get them in their head that they don't have any time. And you're going to be better for it in the long run of the game. I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. It's like, it drives you crazy. I still remember last year Zimmer saying that they are so cautious about when they bring out certain packages and when they introduce, you know, new blitzes and and schemes because, you know, the tape review and and that goes in week in and week out, um, you know, I don't know if there's a part of that where they're trying not to show all their cards as we turn to uh, Seattle in, in a big game against Green Bay and potentially the playoffs, and they're they're trying to keep um, you know some of the cards a little bit close to the vest, so to speak. Uh, and maybe you think that you're able to just go win a football game against you know a Brandon Allen kind of a guy that's been in the league for a couple years but no real experience. Um, I'm not sure. I don't have a great answer there. Uh, certainly felt that if we could have blitzed him a little bit more. Uh, there was going to be an opportunity for more interceptions. I think we saw that, right, at times. So, right. um, I don't know. It doesn't add up to me. I just wonder if there's something, you know, a little bit more to it than that. But I'm with you. I mean, I, I hope there's more to it on some level because it's it just doesn't make sense to me. And I think Zimmer's smarter than that. He should be smarter than that because 
he's been a coach in this league for so long, he's seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks play. So, rookie slash young quarterbacks. I don't know. Um, one thing we did have good going on the offense is we held Philip Lindsay in check almost the entire game. I think he had 57 yards total rushing. Um, so, held their rushing game in check. Just kept on getting gashed um, in the secondary. But, second half, played really well. Total bend but not break philosophy there going on. Yeah, I think Lindsay had what, yeah, like you said, 67 it looks like on the ground. Um, you know, you saw at times, you know, the speed bursts, and, and I think he's he's a good player. Um, but overall, yeah, I think the defense did did a nice job, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, we're gonna we're certainly gonna face um, some pretty good rushing attacks here as as we come down the stretch, and um, you know, again in the playoffs, you're gonna have some teams that that know how to run the ball. So uh, that is maybe the one part of the defense that I'm, I'm most comfortable with. I think, assuming we can get healthy as well, you gotta yep. remember, you know, no Linval is is certainly a big deal, but. Uh, you held Zeke in check last week. You you held Lindsey um, in check here uh, this week. So, yeah, nice to see. Let's hope that continues, um, you know, again here in, in two weeks against Seattle. Um, last note I have on, on defense, if you want more, you can add more. But J. Ron Curse steps in for injured Harrison Smith, completely takes control of this, uh, <clears throat> this game at the end. I mean, Denver had... A six-minute drive to end this game, and they couldn't punch it in the end zone. I mean, yeah, Chris gave up a big play on fourth and one, but I think he had two of the three pass breakups in the final three plays. That's right. good enough for me. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely big plays when needed. Um, again, I think it might be a bit concerning overall. I know we had some injuries with um, Harry getting hurt late, and, and you were already without Harris, so... Uh, you know, some guys probably played a fair amount more than they normally would have. Sure. Um, you know, I'm I'm not necessarily thinking this is a trend, and you're going to see more and more of that. But um, yeah, nice to see a player step up in in the time of need and, and make a couple plays. Uh, you know, I know I was holding my breath there on that last play. Um, certainly, when I saw, I, I think he was in the shotgun, right? So you kind of figured they were going to pass the ball and. Um, Maybe boot and have a shot running in. Yeah, I mean, it, you're holding your breath there. Uh, so that was fun. Um, you know, it's it, those games like that are always fun when you come out on the winning side. Uh, but, man, it would have been a brutal weekend for me with, with the way that that uh, Gopher-Iowa game ended and, and then hypothetically to lose that game in, you know, almost similar fashion. Uh, that would have been a rough rough beginning of the week for me, that's for sure. Well, let's put it this way. So when uh, Brandon Allen completed the pass to make the uh, the 11 yards to uh, <clears throat> overcome the fourth and one, expected points added before that play were two and a half, which doesn't really matter because it was going to be touchdown or nothing. Expected points after that where they got first and goal from like the three, 6.3 points expected out of there. So that's a very, that's like 90% chance you're going to get a touchdown. And we beat those odds right at the end of the game. I mean, <laughs> like I said, there's a reason why this 20-point deficit is very difficult to overcome. Because, one, you need to have an offense that absolutely crushes. And, two, you need to have the defense that absolutely holds. And defense holding them to only three points, miss field goal notwithstanding, that's pretty good. Yeah. No, I, it's it's a big stand. Um, I think, again, it's a uh, character builder 
uh, for them to go in and get a stop. You know, you hate to see them um, have that long uh, six-minute drive. You know, I assumed that, you know, they were going to probably get two shots at it, and it ends up they just kind of go down and, and kept extending, picking up. Um, I think they ended up getting a couple fourth downs, right, two or three uh, total, and, and just extending that uh, drive. <clears throat> yep, they had a fourth and six, then they had another fourth and six, then a fourth and one. So it just seemed like we could not get off the field. Yeah. But so, at the end of the day, you get the W. You get the W. You thank your lucky stars that we've sunk so many draft picks into uh, defensive backs, and here we are. Um, anything left on Denver game? Are we ready to put this one to bed? No, I think I'm ready to move on. Uh, you know, good win, uh, good team comeback, good morale builder, and you know now we're on to some some bigger games. Some bigger games, um, of course. Next week's episode, we don't really have Seattle to talk about quite yet because, uh, well, we're not playing them for two weeks. So um, next week we're going to do, I think we're going to call the bye week buzz, Mike. Is that correct? I believe so. So, so what's going on with the bye week buzz? What, what, is, what are we going to be doing here, Mike? Well, uh, I think the plan is uh, to potentially, you know, I'm sure you're going to be going with some gin. You know, I'm not sure if I'm going to go bourbon or some beers or what, but, uh, you we, know. We might have to throw some fireball in there, you know. Fireball, yeah. But we're going to, uh, of course, you know, head to your place, uh, secure a nice safe ride, and, uh, you know, have a little fun, have some, some cocktails, some beers, and oh. then record a record a little podcast on uh, ultimately a fun subject, uh, certainly once we have a few drinks. Um, you know, it, it should be even more fun um now depending on the topic fun might not be the right word but i'm sure it'll be entertaining at a minimum for all of our listeners all right so some of the topics i think we have here we're going to put this to a vote for you guys put it up for a couple days but uh um so nfc state of the union uh we might just do this as an off show anyway because i mean we enjoyed it so much doing it at the beginning of the year and uh also it seemed like you guys enjoyed it too one of our most listened to episodes um but also worst vikings losses slash moments I mean, what better thing to talk about when you're absolutely smashed than the worst Vikings moments of our lives? Um, kickers? I think we have plenty of kickers we can complain about here. Um, and then I, any other ideas you guys have, I think we're going to leave it up for comments. And, you know, if there's a great idea that we like better than these other ones, hell, you know, we're open to it. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be a fun show. It'll be a super fun show. A um, holiday uh Probably over the holiday uh, week, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little holiday razzle-dazzle there, you know. Maybe over this weekend, possibly. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, I, I think I think I have done a podcast, at least midway through it, where I was drunk. I don't, I don't remember exactly which one it was. But pretty fun podcast, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think, I, I think you did have one. You were making some pretty outrageous takes. Well, I mean, I do that anyway, but. It's true. In either case. We'll have to leave you your segment to talk about your guaranteed victory coming up as well, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that could be a whole podcast, Mike. I can we'll throw see. all kinds of stats at you. Like, we're, we're due. We're due. Anyway, that's a different podcast, Mike. I think this one is right about over. At the Twitter, I'm at Namok7. I am Muskie underscore Mike. And we're part of the Climate Pocket Network. On Daily Norseman, 
anywhere you listen to podcasts. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. You know, just trying to grow this this little this little group we got going here and spread the Vikings joy. That's right. So that's it for us today. Skull, Mike. Skull. <laughs>